raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. And thank you for joining us on this glorious, glorious Easter morning. Christ is risen, and that's what we're celebrating on this Sunday. Hope that you're able to celebrate with your family and friends. But if not, remember that you're truly never alone. That's just the truth. This is the First Day Show, and it's brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They are real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com if you're buying or selling or thinking about it. This is the the duo to to talk to. That's the truth. They're going to join us here at the bottom of the hour to answer some of our questions about if we should wait till summer or right now, when is the best time to sell? We'll talk about that with Greg and Lisa coming up again at 1130. Uh, I'm Terry Stacy, along with Kylan Talley producing today's show. Good morning. Happy Easter. I am pretty happy about this year because Easter, Ramadan, and Passover are all being celebrated at the same time. So this lots of only, celebrations. This only happens three times in a century. Did you know oh, that? is that no? I didn't know that. Is Isn't that, that true? cool? Wait a minute. Really? In a century? Isn't that cool? In a hundred years? I know. This is the only. So we're experiencing it. Yeah. For the first time, mm-hmm. we all get to celebrate together. Whatever you're celebrating, well, however you celebrate. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Miss Miss Tally. Mm-hmm. And thanks for spending your time celebrating with us this morning. You know, uh, we're here until noon, Kylan and I. Denny Smith normally joins us, but he is out today. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary, he and his wife. So, uh, happy anniversary, 50 years for Denny, and he'll join us again here next week. Uh, my Easter memories as a kid includes breakfast with the Easter Bunny at the LS Airs Tea Room. Yes, I'm that old. <laughs> Kylan's saying, LS Airs Tea I Room. I don't know what that means. I know. Well, it was right here. It was right here where Circle Center is. Ellis Ayers Tea Room was in this Ellis Ayers, which was a fantastic retail store, um, very old and beautiful that I lo- that I experienced in my life. But that was where we would have Easter with the Easter Bunny. And uh, but now, not not, not anymore because There's it's gone. Plenty of Easter brunches you can still go to if you want. Yeah, you can smell it, Kylan, in mm-hmm. the air outside. Oh, you can yeah. smell French toast casseroles, oh, and you can stop. smell this sweet and savory aroma here in downtown Indianapolis from our studios on Market or uh, on Monument Circle. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it is it's not quite the tailgate smell. It's it's much different. This is a very true Easter brunch smell I'm smelling out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm used to places being closed, but there's a lot of different places. Yeah. Luvino, Ruth Chris, uh, even Skyline Club. There's a lot of fancy places celebrating for Easter brunch. So there's if a, you have somewhere yeah. you need to go, there's plenty of places open for well, it's it. It's a beautiful day uh, in downtown Indianapolis and all across our state. Um, you know, now for us, now that we don't have the brunch with the Easter Bunny anymore since we've grown up, uh, now it's honey-baked ham with the family and morel mushroom hunting instead of plastic eggs filled with pennies and half dollars morel mushrooms are here in our state posey county martin davies linton bloomington they're finding them in martinsville and noblesville that far north everywhere buckets of them i'm seeing in clark county so if you're a morel mushroom hunter this is the time to get out there 
and start looking. It's it, Kylan, it is so fun. I'm going to take you. It's not for everybody, I guess, but I think you'd love it. You love outdoors. I love it. And it's like a scavenger hunt. Right. It's like a scavenger hunt. The first time I went mushroom hunting, when I first moved to Indiana, we had some Indiana friends, and they were like, let's go mushroom hunting. I was like, okay, that sounds fun. And so I found the little umbrella mushrooms that are (laughs) poisonous to eat. Don't don't eat them. Not those. Well, I found like 10 of them, and I was so proud, and I brought them back in a bag. Look at the mushrooms I found. They said, no, 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 put those down right now. These are what you're looking for. Showed me a morel mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's a mushroom? Are you sure? They're not even really very good. You can eat that? People love them. I don't love them, but I'm, I'm glad to give them to people that love them, and they fry them up. They deep fry them, yeah. and they, I still feel like they're kind of slimy. I don't really care for I them. I hear they're pretty sweet sometimes. Oh, I've never had you... a sweet one. Oh, but well, there's grays, there's browns, there's blacks, there's all different kinds. And uh, all still within the morel mushroom hunting, or morel mushroom family, but they're different colors. and It makes it, me excited for spring. It's fun. It's really fun to get them. And, and so anyway, in case you, you don't want to look for Easter eggs today, look in your own backyard. You might find them because they are popping up here in the state of Indiana. Speaking of poisonous food, be sure, be sure guys to keep your chocolates and your easter eggs make sure you find them all if you've hidden them in the house especially if you've got an animal because uh that dark chocolate can can kill your animals kill your dog especially so be sure to watch what you're doing when you're hiding that chocolate make sure you found every one of them and uh don't uh, you know i don't even hide them in the house anymore i'm pretty happy i don't have indoor animals because we would have so many leftover behind we would find them three weeks from the day of right Right. oh there's another one under the couch oh that's really the truth our friend sherry lowe she does something so cool i know all of you have your your easter traditions in your house but sherry lowe the queen of free queen of free.net that joins us here on the show from time to time uh she has this is a tradition since the kids were little and now they're all grown up but she and her husband will leave a trail of chocolate from their bedrooms or trail of candies all the way and they kind of follow this path all the way to where their easter baskets are and they've just always done it even the kids were little and the kids as they've grown up they still love doing that so uh i hope your traditions are alive and well just be sure to watch out for that chocolate if you've got animals around the house or all candy for that matter uh it is 11 12 and uh again beautiful sunny skies 54 degrees in downtown indianapolis and coming up we're going to talk about the Athenaeum with Craig Mintz because the Athenaeum is celebrating a huge anniversary and they've got a cool event that's coming up right around the corner too. We're glad you're here on this Easter Sunday. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
93 WIBC. It's Terry Stacy. A prominent German-American landmark in downtown Indy is celebrating 125 years since the building originally opened in June of 1898. It is truly a historic milestone for the beautiful Anthenaeum. And here to talk about the celebration taking place throughout this year is the president of the Anthenaeum Foundation, Craig Mintz. Craig, it's so good to hear from you. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing fine, and we really are ready to celebrate that beautiful building and all the t- all the good and and uh, arts and culture and everything that it represents. But first, you know, depending on who I'm talking to, Craig, some may call mm-hmm. it the Anthenaeum, and some may call it the Anthenaeum. What is the correct way to pronounce the word? Well, I think both are appropriate. Okay, uh, I always say Athenaeum. Okay. Uh, it's the, a derivative of Athena, the goddess Athena. Uh, the building was renamed after World War I. Uh, it was originally called Das Deutsche Haus. Uh, but then after, you know, some serious conversation internally and, and needing to kind of rebrand it, they changed it to the Athenaeum, which is like I said, it refers to uh, the goddess Athena. And it's, it's meant to be a Building of higher learning, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, it does. a lot of the buildings, a lot of the Athenaeums across the country are actually libraries. Uh, but this one and some of the other Turner Halls, and we can talk more about Turner Halls later, uh, were renamed the two Athenaeums. So there are other Athenaeums that are German centric around the country. Was it okay. a group of German gymnasts that actually spearheaded the plan to build the Athenaeum in 1898? A wild story, yes, you are correct. German immigrants coming from Germany after the German Civil War, some of those immigrants are what they were, what are still called, actually, Turners. So Turners was a movement that came out of Germany that was centered around a, a motto, if you will, that was a sound mind in a sound body. So the idea is through physical fitness, diet, and education, we can be well-rounded people. So they centered around gymnastics. This group of Turners, that German immigrants that came to Indianapolis, said, okay, you know, we need a place to congregate. So that's where then the idea of Das Deutsche Haus came from. Uh, and what started as the Athenaeum Turners then started to build the building in two phases. There was the east wing of the building, which represents the gym, the gymnasium where the YMCA is, and then the restaurant, so the Raskeller. That was started in 1893, 1894. Uh, completed in 1894, and then what we call the West Wing of the building, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically from the coffee shop to the West End Up, which includes the theater space, was started in 1897 and completed in 1898, or officially opened in 1898. In 1860, 20% of Indianapolis residents came from a German-speaking region in Europe, and that was known as Germantown, just to the mm-hmm. south of the Anthenaeum, right? It sat right there where everybody was. Right. Basically where Lockerbie is, was considered oh, okay. kind of Germantown. Yeah, so that's a, a little south, yeah. Craig Mintz is with us, Anthenaeum Foundation president, and they're celebrating 125 years. Within the Anthenaeum is the oldest theater in the city. That's where the IRT started. Yep, so the, the theater space, like I said, in the West Wing that was uh, finished and completed mm-hmm. in 1898, part of it was this massive theater space. It was designed to present like the Minor Corps, the Men's Chorus, but also theater presentations or theater shows that were German-centric at the time. 
it was this great space of kind of when you think of the original model, a sound mind and a sound body, Mm -hmm. the entertainment, the conversation, the debate is the sound mind part of that motto. You know, people could come to the building, you know, they could have their, you know, workouts or their gymnastic exercises. They could have dinner. They could have congregation time with their friends and family. And then they could go up into this theater space and watch all kinds of different presentations, which was absolutely fascinating. It then became kind of this space for these groups to start, you know, practicing, performing, and kind of growing uh, to bigger and better locations. IRT is a perfect example, 1970s. Uh, IRT started uh, doing their performances in the Athenaeum Theater, and then they were biding time and raising money to move into what is now their space, which is the old Indiana Theater. Same could be said about the cabaret. The American Cabaret Theater started in the 80s and did tons of performances in our theater and then finally moved on uh, and now is in the space that they are in, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, that building has so much history to it, and I know we all enjoy it now, but I think taking a few minutes here as they celebrate their 125th anniversary that we really we take a minute to really think about where it all started mm-hmm. and the impact that the Athenaeum has had on the arts and culture community in central Indiana. Yeah, I mean, just from kind of the groups that have started, the different organizations that have utilized the space over the last 125 years, uh, that building and the, the Turners at first, the FNAM Foundation now that run the building have been just these amazing incubators for all these groups and people. And uh, it's just been fascinating to see those kind of fingerlings spread out over the city. Uh, you know, it's, it's been wildly said that, you know, German immigrants brought arts and culture to Indianapolis. And you can really see the impact that the Athenaeum has had on the city and, and the arts sector in particular. So you're celebrating. Tell us about what your plans are. So we have what we call our Athenaeum Presents. These are our heritage events yeah. uh, that the, the foundation has been doing for, in some cases, hundreds of years. Uh, and the first one is St. Benno Fest. St. Benno Fest, uh, and it is the celebration of St. Benno. So St. Benno is the patron saint in Munich obviously very German. He's very famous for brewing beer, primarily Bach beer, which if you German, uh, Bach in German means goat. So (laughs) St. Benno actually has a a sidekick that is a goat. His name is Air Bach. St. Benno Fest (laughs) is actually the celebration of the spring harvest that brings us those spring beers. So typically it's a celebration of a processional. St. Benno says his normal chant, Air Bach there, he chugs two beers. uh, And then kind of officially the spring kind of beer garden season open. So that is kind of the official beginning of spring kind of in in our culture. You know, St. Benno Fest has been around for even further or older than the building itself. The Turners have been doing the St. Benno Fest for well over 130 years. It's one of the oldest continually run events in the city of Indianapolis. It's even older than the Indianapolis 500, which is absolutely fascinating. That's amazing. Right. So that's April, June. We've resurrected during covid Uh, when we were trying to do more programming outside, we started or resurrected an event that the Turners used to do, which was an oxen roast. They would take over the beer garden. They would do an oxen roast in the beer garden. Now, we wanted to do the oxen roast, so we actually do a hog roast, and we call it Das Garden Grill Fest. And what's fun about this Das Garden Grill Fest is that it's actually going to be like a couple of days from June 18th, which is when the, uh, the building was officially open. So the celebration of the 125th anniversary will happen at Dust Garden Grill Fest, which will be June 11th. Uh, so that'll be a really fun event of yeah. 
local food, local beverages, some local bands, all out in the beer garden. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a lot of fun. Yep. All the history, all the information that we talked about, including the upcoming events, uh, is all on our website, AthenaeumIndy.org. We update it regularly. We're always adding more and new information. Craig Mintz, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Congratulations. Happy birthday to the Athenaeum. Well, thank you. It is 1126, 57 degrees and sunny skies in downtown Indianapolis. Terry Stacy, along with Kylan Talley. What's trending? Trending stories for your Sunday. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. If you missed it this last week, UND player Brady Ware, he hit a cycle. He hits for a cycle and threw a no-hitter against Drury on Friday. And, you know, being a previous Greyhound myself, with that being my alma mater, I'm very proud of them and getting on the map. He's the first known college and or pro player to even achieve this type of feat. That's pretty cool. knowing that he did it, that's so amazing. If you are confused, like I was when I saw this story, hitting for the cycle is when one batter hits a single, double, triple, and a home run all in the same game. And then a no-hitter, of course, is none of the jury's players were able to hit any of his pitches to even get on base, to get a point. So absolutely blew Drury out of the water. Uh, I know he's going to be on the Pat McAfee show coming up. He's been on ESPN. You can get him on the show if you want. Challenge accepted. We'll talk to Brady. That sounds good to me. On the list. All right. Also trending this Sunday, Walmart is suing Capital One and their credit card partnership. They feel like they have not been up to customer standards, and so they'll be going into bit of law for that <laughs> all right other trending stories broad ripple avenue section is closed for eight weeks check on construction listen to matt bear during the week he'll have all the traffic updates but that guilford and broad ripple avenue intersection they're repairing that stormwater system so google maps ahead you know what's interesting is i just thought and you you thought about this a minute and we've got greg cooper and lisa phillips coming up but if you're selling a house because it is also construction season. Yeah. And you're selling a house that's in the middle of this construction. I wonder how that affects you as a seller. Should we? Are they here? Yeah, let's get them you in. Know what, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's do. You're listening to the first day show. And we're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty. Go to crossroadscollectivehomes.com. Buying, selling, whatever you're thinking about right now. This is the duo that you need to know. And they join us now. Uh, how are you guys? Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Good morning. Good, Good morning. Good morning. We're glad you're here. So that's the question. Kylan actually thought about this. If your home is sitting in a construction zone of some sort, like this mm-hmm. construction in Broad Ripple, what does that do for you as a seller? How does that affect you? Well, super important to, to give really precise alternative instructions and directions as you would put a home online. That's the key because that way, even though buyers have their phones and they can go, you know, not all platforms all search platforms are going to identify work zones so make sure you have really specific alternative directions to your home it's pretty much that simple it's construction season for sure but when does the spring housing market truly start are we already in it oh yeah we're definitely in it it starts really i look at um monday after the super bowl it's time to go so we are definitely hot into the spring market we're hot into it, but is it better to wait until later in the summer to try and sell a home? Just in case you're not ready yet. Yeah, get that spring well, cleaning out of the way. 
you need, you need to get ready because the truth is that at least is right. I mean, the market, because the demand is so high, has started right after the Super Bowl. Psychologically, for a lot of people, the, the Monday after Easter is really when we're into the spring and summer. I mean, graduation open houses are getting planned. All these things, you know, Indianapolis month of May is coming out. So really, the springtime for a lot of people psychologically begins tomorrow. So if you're not ready, you need to get ready in a hurry because you don't want to wait till later in the summer. And it's just a matter of more demand right now. What and really? With sorry, no, you go uh, ahead. With Lisa. the summer, you got to look at people with children and at schools, and so a lot of decisions need to be made prior to really the Fourth of July. So that with the thirty days that it takes to close. So that's why we say go now. So many of us are sitting in older neighborhoods with new construction all around us, and yet we still want to sell our home. How how does that affect you when you're sitting around these brand new homes that are being built like crazy? Well, it's an apples to oranges thing, Terry. It just means you do need to have your home in the best possible condition, your curb appeal, your kitchen, your owner's suite, the three most important areas. It, it won't change the fact that we are such limited supply of homes right now. Even if you're an older home, if you do the right things to get your home ready, and you could use a good advocate to do that, you get your home ready, you're still going to do really well, even though you have that dynamic working. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned graduation, school ending. How does the school calendar truly affect people buying homes? It really affects the suburban market more than, I would say, Metro Indy um, downtown. Downtown kind of is on a different cycle. That is more actually of a summer market where the suburbs, because it's so school-driven, it really does. We look at the school calendar, we're like, okay, people want to make decisions like coming up right now. And they're timing to where, okay, the kids are out of school, so we want to put it on the market. We want to kind of close you know, beginning of June-ish, and we want to go ahead and move in the month of June. Okay. Okay. I'm Just an honest question, because a lot of people these days like to be independent and try and do things themselves. Try to sell but it on their own, yeah. <laughs> why, what's the importance of hiring someone to help you sell a home in a market like today when there is all of this buyer demand? Well, look, we, we realize that getting representation through a realtor to sell a home is it's not, it's not an inexpensive process. We respect and appreciate that completely. At the same time, this process is more complex than it has ever been. And to be able to market the home correctly so that you get the most eyeballs on it, to be able to negotiate the contract that has the most things in your favor, or it will give you the most security, uh, all of those things are incredibly important. And in a market that is so imbalanced, it's probably now more than ever having great representation is important because you can go through $10,000 or more in a, in a mistake mm-hmm. in a really big hurry if you're not sure what you're doing. Yeah, I'll bet. It is 1132, and with us is Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty, crossroadscollectivehomes.com. Can I have possession of my home after I close and receive the proceeds? Yes. So that's been actually very popular the last year is that people are either renting back or they are actually getting post-possession at no cost. Okay. All right. After they have their money. After we have the money. Okay. And then finally, do online home evaluations actually reflect what my home is worth? Well, some do and some don't, Terry. We're not a big fan of the Z. The Zillow people, uh, they have their issues. You know, there are, there are some that are really good. The bottom line is this. Those are just general gauges. 
to really have a good idea what your home is truly worth. And it's changing so quickly right now. You're going to want the advice of somebody that you would trust in the real estate uh, industry, whether that's uh, a broker or an appraiser. would probably both be really good sources. But uh, they're a general guide. Don't take them. When people walk into our open houses and go, well, Zillow says this house should be worth, we all just burst out laughing because it, it's a, an, a dated evaluation and it doesn't always include the most current information. So take them with a grain of salt. Okay. All right. Hey, listen, before we let you go, oh, I'm sorry, Kylan. Yes, go ahead. I have one more question. You can. Is there anything else people should look forward to while they're in this spring cleaning mindset? Anything else to get their their house ready for the market? I think it's overlooked a lot just of your front curb appeal, the front of your house. That's going to really make or break it in the beginning. So pay attention to, you know, have your sidewalk, great curb appeal with your sidewalk, your front door, fresh paint, a lot, flowers, and just cleaning up, you know, all those dead leaves that have floated around for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, just really that front curb appeal is huge. Okay. Adding them to the list for my spring cleaning. She's doing it. She's adding it to her list. All right, Mom, this is what we're doing. (laughs) Okay, now listen, before we go, it's time to play a game. Are you both ready? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Jackie Kennedy's Georgetown home after JFK's death is for sale. Which one of you can come closest to guessing the price? This is an 18th century mansion in Georgetown. 13 bedrooms, 13 full baths, five half baths across three homes. We've got the original fireplace, an impressive grand entry hall with wood-paneled library, dining room with gold leaf ceilings. There's a gym, a spacious kitchen. Uh, The second floor is devoted to the spacious primary suite with parquet flooring, spa quality bath, a private balcony with garden views. There are four additional bedrooms with en suites and uh, also stellar views of the property and surroundings city, including the Washington Monument. The additional homes are connected via pass, uh, passageways as well as an underground parking lot. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places, 16,300 square foot home, and it just hit the market. How much do you think they're asking it, asking for that home? I'll start ahead, with Lisa. you, Greg. <laughs> oh, I was going to put her on the spot. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. So we don't want our we don't want our WIBC listeners to faint when we say this because we don't have a lot of things like this here in Central Indiana. It's precious few, needless to say. Right. Uh, I'm gonna considering that the Georgetown area of uh, of our nation's capital is pretty ritzy. I think I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say 15 million. Okay. Okay. And then Lisa, I'm going to go with 24 million. 24 million. Lisa gets our first point as we played this game. How much is the Celebrity Mansion? $26.5 million. Thank you both for playing. Thank you. <laughs> they wouldn't have liked me very much. They took my price, that's for sure. Hey, listen, guys, how can we get a hold of you? Where can we find you? Um, my cell is 317-219-9277. And my cell is 317-441-7166, and uh, you can call or text us anytime. And you're also on social media just about everywhere? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Greg Cooper, Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants at Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty, the best. Find them at crossroadscollectivehomes.com. Thank you both. We'll see you here in studio next week and uh, ready to take phone calls, too. Happy have, Easter. Have a great Easter. Thank you. Thanks. You guys, too. Thank you. It is 1137-93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today.
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Forty-one on this Easter Sunday, but right around the corner. In fact, Tuesday, April eighteenth is the tax deadline. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Kyle and Tally. Who's Those laughing. are my Easter plans. That's I'm going Easter home plan? and doing my taxes with my mom. To be completely honest, that's what you're doing. <laughs> but eating a Cadbury uh, every step of the way. Exactly. Uh, Denny Smith is out, but he left us this report. It's tax season, and the deadline for filing is quickly approaching. So I thought I'd reach out to my friend Marie Boone, who's a CPA at J.R. Helms & Associates over on Zionsville Road right here on the west side of Marion County. For the last couple of decades, this wonderfully patient lady has been shepherding hundreds of clients through some of the most difficult tax challenges you can imagine. So I thought I'd just reach out to her and ask her some questions that might just help you as a listener. Marie Boone, welcome to the first day here on WIBC. How are you? I'm great, Denny. How are you? Oh, it's good to have you. I know this is your really, really busy season. So first of all, thanks for taking some time to share your knowledge with us. We appreciate your time. All right. So Marie, the question has always been to itemize deductions or just take the standard deductions. Now things changed a little bit in the last few years with the standard deduction, and maybe we should probably start there. Can you explain what a standard deduction is? The standard deduction is for taxpayers who can't itemize. This year, the single is Twelve thousand nine fifty, and the married filing jointly is twenty five nine hundred. Is there any addition for old age? It used to be there used to be extra deductions for sixty five and older. You, you do get extra for over sixty five, and also if you're blind. I'll, I'll keep one eye open. All right. So, is there a good rule of thumb for whether or not to keep track of everything in order to itemize? That's a real pain in the butt to keep receipts and paperwork in order to itemize. How do you estimate if it's worth it to begin that process? Well, you kind of look at what you had last year, and if you think you're going to be close to what your standard deduction would be, then you should track. I always err on the side of caution and always track everything. The main components of itemizing are medical, which has to be above 7.5%, which very few people get. So that leaves your state and local taxes, your mortgage interest, and your donation. So 7.5%, that's a lot. So that would be some sort of catastrophic health issue, surgery, or something like that? Exactly. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. So many taxpayers have contributed regularly to their 401ks. I've got lots of questions about the 401ks and IRAs and such. So let's start with this. Do you have to keep track of what you are contributing to your 401k, or is that reported automatically to the IRS by your employer? Do you have to do anything with that? You don't have to do anything. The employer reports it right there on your W-2, so IRS knows what's going on. All right, so that's the easy one out of the way. So how about IRAs? I know we've got Roth IRAs, which are done with after-tax dollars, and then we've got regular IRAs. If I have a 401k, can I also contribute to an IRA? You can, but it may not be deductible. Does that make it a Roth IRA? No, not necessarily. You can do a Roth or you can do a regular IRA, either one. You just have to keep track of the basis and you want to keep it separate from deductible IRAs. Oh, good heavens. I can't imagine putting that together with a regular IRA. <laughs> Every time you take a di- distribution, you'd have to separate which one was which. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that would be a nightmare. All right. 
Onward and upward, uh, I have been told that families are now contributing to a children's IRA. Now, is that something that they can use to reduce their own taxes? I guess the question is, what's the loophole that allows you to set up an IRA for a child? You can only set up an IRA for a child if the child has earned income. That's the only time you can have a deductible IRA. And there's no savings to the parents. It's only to the child, obviously, down the road. They're saving money towards their retirement. Tax-free, and that compounding really counts. All right, so if I've got a, a grandson or I've got, I've got a son that's mowing grass, working at Sullivan Hardware, and has any sort of earned income, maybe mowing grass, paper routes, babysitting, those type of things, that's considered earned, earned income, correct? Correct, as long as they're reporting it on the tax return, not hiding it. Oh, Those are simple little things. All right, so if he's being paid cash, for goodness sakes, don't don't open an IRA and say, oh, boy, I see where you're going. Uh, Now, see, folks, this is why I say she's shepherding folks through the most difficult tax (laughs) challenges you can imagine. All right, so if there is earned income that is declared, then the child can open an IRA. Yeah. So are there other tax loopholes that everyday parent can take advantage for a child? Well, there's always the child independent care tax credit or the child tax credit. Um, There's educational tax credits. If they qualify for that, you can put money into a 529 plan and get a state credit as long as the state 529 plan. Those are pretty much all of them. Hey, a few years ago, I went back to college to finish my education, and I got a 1098T, and I didn't really know what to do with it. Of course, I turned it in with my tax stuff for the accountant to figure it out. But what type of tax deductibility or what are the tax implications from the money that I am paying in for my own education? Well, there are educational credits that you can get depending on what type of education it's for. And um, one of those is the American Opportunity Credit. Then there's the Lifetime Learning Credit. Sometimes you might max out and not be able to take either one of those. So then there's a tuition deduction. So it just depends on your tax situation on which credit's best for you. How's the opportunity to reduce taxes greater for parents or for individuals that own a business? I know many times I remember even in the old plumbing business that we had family members in there. Are there tax advantages for parents who own a business? Yeah. If you have a sole proprietorship or a partnership and you pay your kids, you don't have to pay uh, Medicare and Social Security on those. Oh, I like that. If they're under 18, if they're over 18, you do. But always paying a kid helps reduce the taxable income to the business. Marie Boone has joined us here to ask for me to ask her some questions about taxes. Marie, I guess we better just wrap it up with a simple question. When's the deadline this year for filing our taxes? We always say it's on the 15th, but the 15th always gets extended. So what's the date this year? This year, it's April 18th. April 18th. It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday? (laughs) Why is it a Tuesday? For goodness sakes. You think Uh, Because the 17th is a holiday in Washington, D.C., Oh, Marie, I don't know how you put up with that. All right, so if I can't file my taxes on the 18th, which makes no sense to me personally, but if if I have to file an extension, what is an extension and what are the ramifications of filing an extension? An extension is an extension of the time to file your return for a personal that puts it all the way till October 15th, but it does not extend the time to pay the tax. You still have to pay any tax that's due. 
It is 1148. Denny, thank you. Denny Paul Smith for that report. Yeah, it's right around the corner, guys. We really appreciate it. And uh, Denny's out today. He'll join us back here again on the first day next Sunday. Uh, All right. It is, uh, as I mentioned, 1148. That means it's getting close to food news. I'm so excited. I do not look forward to doing my taxes, but I have been looking forward to giving you this food news. While it's not free food, it's next to near food free food. Oh, that you don't even have to good. pay a dollar for it. Yeah, that's coming up next. On 93 WIBC. It's 11.54 on an Easter Sunday. Thank you all so much for joining us this morning. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Kyle and Tally. I love the Hop movie. And so every time it's Easter, I think of this song and, and all of my Easter candy. Do Terry, you? do you have a favorite Easter candy? I do. It's an Easter candy you can only get at Easter, sometimes oh. Christmas. And it's Russell Stover's Nests. And oh. it's an actual nest. Not an actual nest. It's a candy nest filled with coconut, chocolate, and coconut, which is my favorite combination. What's yours? I like it. I would say my favorite that I always thought I was spoiled for during Easter time were the little cookies and cream Hershey's eggs because I thought oh, they were yeah. I thought they were an exclusive thing. Obviously, you can get them anytime, pretty much. But I thought they were so cool, and you still love them. I love, 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 love. I them. do too. I, yeah. I, I just like love them. the eggs. Not many candies so that I don't like, truly. <laughs> I like some of the older candies. If you can find a chunky, I love a chunky candy. Candy block of chocolate and raisins and okay. Anyway, go ahead. That's how we're. It's, you, they don't have Do, them anymore. Did you enjoy Easter baskets as a kid? Yeah, but it wasn't important. Okay, well, I mean, it was really important. What important was important to some of us? <laughs> this TikTok I ran across this week, and it just absolutely spoke. What to is me. it? Giving my mom's house. She doesn't love me anymore. That's not what I said. What'd you say? I said thirty's too old to have an Easter basket. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, no, it it's is, not. Terry. It's not too old to have an okay. Easter basket. In fact, well, they're hunting for Easter beer yes, with a yes, basket right. down in where Hard is it? Hard Truth Distillery. Visit yeah. Hard Truth over in Nashville, Indiana. Two and two o'clock and four o'clock. You still have time. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our food news. Let's Do it. get it started. If you're not doing an Easter basket, don't you worry. We've got treats for you. I have a little discount for you, but that'll come in just a moment. Angelo's Italian Market is officially opened over in Fisher's, so go check them out. Okay. Chicken Fingers are making their way back to Steak and Shake by popular demand. Is that right? I hope it helps them out in their business, because I do enjoy the aesthetic of that. I told you yesterday, I saw a sign on a Steak and Shake at the drive-thru that said, you can own a Steak and Shake for $10,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you your little little discount deal for the week. I'm ready. I've been so excited because it starts tomorrow. What is it? Dairy Queen is celebrating summer early it's by better selling be big. 85 cent blizzards. <gasps> Only 85 cents. Well, I know. that is a deal. They're celebrating also the blizzard season because they made their debut with blizzards back in 1985. So any kind of blizzard I want. Cents. Yeah, starting 85 cents through April 23rd. But you have is to it do a it Dixie through the Dairy size? Queen app. I'm not sure. It doesn't they say how they're size. Okay. But you do have to do it through the app. Okay, I will. Uh, listen, everybody. Hey, thanks, Kylan. Thank you all for joining us today on this Easter Sunday. Enjoy it with your friends and family. We're very blessed that you join us each and every Sunday. Fox News is next. 93 WIBC. That's why I'm easy.
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.